Hi, welcome to Real Shit with Shayna. I'm your host, Shayna Zadie. I thank you for coming on this journey with me as I have raw combos with my friends, family, and young thought leaders. Real Shit with Shayna is a space that supports finding true strength in vulnerability. No more fake news or about you bios. This is not the 30 second version of anyone. Just diverse people talking about real lived experiences, helping us find healing and promoting mental well-being because trust me, you are not alone. I promise you will leave feeling inspired, motivated, and sometimes a little provoked. Are you ready? It's time to get real. Mercedes Lewis, born and raised in Southern California, Long Beach to be exact. He attended UCLA where he excelled in and out of the classroom, studying history and political science while as a freshman playing both basketball and football at UCLA. He dropped basketball and continued football to become the most awarded tight end at UCLA, earning consensus All-American honors. He was UCLA's first and only tight end to win the coveted John Mackey Award for best tight end in college football. Mercedes was drafted in the first round of the 2006 NFL Draft to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, you heard that right. 2006 is when he was drafted and now is in his 15th season in the NFL, currently playing for the Green Bay Packers alongside Aaron Rodgers. Mercedes always keeps it real, and I'm thankful to call him a best friend. Just keeping it all the way real... Mercedes is such a good friend of mine that I actually forgot that we were recording this call for a podcast. We were just vibing and he was actually just making fun of me for this mic setup that I have and my headphones and he was saying how professional I looked and how professional I was taking this podcast as I forgot to push record. Anyways, you didn't miss much and we're going to pick up after I asked him how it's like playing in the NFL not in front of fans and really communicating with most people just digitally and not being able to have loved ones and family and friends there at the games with them. Here we go. This real shit with Shayna. You know, when you have a routine, it kind of, the days go by a little faster. Um, And so, you know, playing football and all the other stuff I have going on outside, it keeps me focused, keeps me streamlined on what I have uh, to do in that moment. So, you know, I don't think it's something that you can get used to, but more so just adapt to it. So mm-hmm. I'm adapting and I'm rolling with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. With that, like not having fans in the in the stadiums, like has that been weird or has have you been able to <laughs> tune in and focus more? Like, I, I mean, it, it's definitely weird because obviously on game day, you feed off of the crowd, right? Um, but I remember coming into this year, sitting down with my head coach and my position coach and talking to them about, you know, how it's going to be going into the season. And, and, you know, I I explained to them, it more so feels like practice, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you're, if you're a good practice player, you're going to thrive. You know what I mean? Some guys count on the crowd, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're like, literally you wake up sometime feeling sore on game days and the crowd gives you that boost to forget about the soreness. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have that now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like every now and then you're reaching for, you know, inspiration, motivation, you know, to go out there and play your best game. Um, and that's where the leadership comes in, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just fortunate enough to be on a team where you got guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, David Bhattiari, uh, and myself to lead the way. Right. Uh, and, and that's what it's been this entire year so far. And you know, as you can see, you know, we're flourishing right now yeah. in a weird time. Yeah. 
And before we jump into, you know, this season and go into a little bit more about your new leadership role uh, with the Packers, you've always been a leader and, you know, want to go back to when we met at UCLA and how you even chose UCLA, right? You were at Long Beach Poly and you were an outlier by choosing UCLA. Most most of the guys from your team and that were of the top prospects were all looking at USC. So from that point, why? Wait, who? What, what <laughs> exactly. You say? exactly. I wanted to say I've that other school, that. but you know, people might yeah, not know. I've never heard of USC, <laughs> but for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was a very real situation. Um, we had, including myself, uh, five guys in the top twenty-five uh, in the nation. Uh, coming out of high school, uh, I was the number one tight end coming out of high school. Then we had like the number two running back, the number two safety. And then we had top three offense alignment and top three defense alignment. And those four chose USC and I chose to go to UCLA. Yeah, man. And, and I was, you know, dealing with that at a young age, kind of set set the bar for where I am today, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm had to make some real situations. I think on signing day, uh, Pete Carroll came up to Long Beach Poly, uh, where I went to school at, and was like, hey man, you know, you don't need to go to uh, UCLA. They're not gonna use you right. (laughs) And mind you, I'd already committed to UCLA uh, at the end of my sophomore year, Mm -hmm. you know? And USC offered me first, actually. USC offered me at the beginning of my sophomore year. Wow. UCLA offered me at the end of my sophomore year. Uh, and then UCLA basketball offered me at the end of my senior year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was really a no-brainer for me. You know, I, I loved UCLA since I was a kid. And um, my mom loved UCLA. Mm-hmm. And you know how close I am with my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had me when she was 15 years old, basically my best friend. Yep. You know, so that was an easy decision for me. But when you're going through it and uh, being on campus with guys that, you know, they like to think of Long Beach Poly as like the USC pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're at Long Beach Poly and you're top in the nation in football, you probably go to USC, mm-hmm. you know? You know, for me, it was just more so, you know, this is what I wanted to do since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finally got the opportunity to be able to go to college and not have my mom pay for it. Uh, that was another huge thing for me. And then also, I just, I wanted to get away from the high school atmosphere. Mm. You know, like it's not, it, it was great while I was there, but it was time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? 15 years in the league, four years in college. It's crazy. That's ridiculous, man. It's crazy to think about, you know, all the time spent mm-hmm. and where the time went. Right. You know? I'm just blessed to still be able to do something that I love to do and play at a high level. And I don't know, man, it's, it's surreal. It's surreal. I always talk to you about, you know, when you're, when you're in the action, you don't really have too much time to think about all the good things that you've done until somebody brings it up, mm-hmm. you know? And so one of these days I'll be able to have a glass of scotch <laughs> and we could just chill in the backyard and talk about it all, you know, Yeah. but I'm very much still, in it, yeah. my heart and my and my mind are you know still aligned. This is what I love to do, uh, and, and really just living in gratitude right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because I literally only scratched the surface on your introduction. I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> where do I cut it off? Like, 
let's just yeah. let's just go with UCLA as a starting point and then we'll through the conversation we can hit at all the amazing achievements that you've had in the NFL uh we'll get to that for sure but I'm glad you brought up your mom and and the fact that you guys obviously have such a close relationship and that she had you when when she was 15 and honestly you know when I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to know your mom and I've, I feel like I've told her before and I'll tell her again that she needs to have her own show or she needs to write a book or something for real, for real. But, you know, how was it growing up? You know, how, how was your childhood like? I know she's very supportive, but I, I do know that you you had to do some things on your own and grow up on your own a little bit as well. How was that balance? Oh, man. Um, I'm not going to take up all of your tape. Um <laughs> But to make a, a long story a little shorter, my mom had me when she was 15 years old. And uh, then she had my brother when she was 18. Mm -hmm. We bounced around um, living with her friends that lived on the east side of Long Beach for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom was working two jobs, just trying to make ends meet. You know, when she would, you know, be roommates with her friends, obviously it'd be like a two bedroom house and then it'd be, or two bedroom apartment, sorry. And then it'd be her and then me and my brother. Mm -hmm with one bed, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, my mom would be like, yo, I'll sleep on the floor. You guys sleep in the bed type thing. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, no, go ahead and do your thing. We're, we're kids. I'm, I don't mind sleeping on the floor, you know? So we did that for a little while. Um, definitely build character and uh, definitely something to lean on as I continue on with my, my life and whatever it is, wherever this journey is going to take me. But yeah, man, I, I just remember how hard my mom worked and kind of instilled, you know, just uh, respect, integrity, and how much my word means, mm -hmm. right? And I always keep my word and, and just to be an honest man and, and do things the right way. You know, obviously growing up in the inner city on the east side of Long Beach, it wasn't always pretty, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, there were times where, you know, I was getting in fights. Mind you, getting really good grades in school, but just outside of school whenever I Whenever that last bell rang and I and I walked outside those gates, it was it was like you know what, what's next? What, what what is there to get into right now? Mm -hmm. Got arrested when I was like 12, mm -hmm. 13. Uh, and at this time, my mom, one of her jobs, she was a dispatcher for Platt Security, mm -hmm. uh, which was in Long Beach. And Platt Security worked really closely with the Long Beach Police Department. And I got arrested for stealing out of the store. And mind you. I was still in out that store for like six months. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm pretty sure they had a lot of film on me. Yeah. Just going in there, taking what I wanted and bouncing. So at this time, at this time, you know, they saw me walking there. And then by the time I walked out, it was cop cars outside. I'm like, oh, no. My Jeez. boys, I had like three of my boys with me. They split. They ran. And in that, in that moment, I get chills even thinking about this. In that moment, I felt like the universe was just like, hey, don't run. Mm -hmm. Like, you, whatever is going to happen, you you need to face this. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to be leaking in the alleyway somewhere or in jail, mm -hmm. right? As an adult, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I kind of like froze. <laughs> and then I just stopped, man. And, you know, they cuffed me. And mind you, the store, I was, it was a grocery store not too far away from Jefferson Middle School. Mm -hmm. And so all my friends were still walking by the grocery store watching oh, me man. get arrested. That is the most embarrassing thing that I've ever had to encounter, right? Yeah. So they cuffed me, they put me in the back of the car, 
and I'm I'm like trying to like scoot down in the uh, back seat so nobody can see me, but I'm like looking up towards the windows to see if they can, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean, that kind yeah. of thing. So fast forward, they take me downtown, fingerprint me, mugshot, all of that, and they knew who I was, and they called my mom. Mm. Okay, so they called my mom on speakerphone. It was like Yvonne, we picked up. Uh, call me Mark. Mm -hmm. Yvonne, we picked up Mark. Um, you want? Do you want us to bring him to where you are? And my mom was like, "No, leave his ass in there." <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally in a holding cell for like till my mom got off work, and it was late. I mean, I got out of school at like I think it was like one forty mm -hmm. or something like that, mm -hmm. and my mom didn't get out of work until late that night, whatever it was, and. I was in that holding cell with a couple of other dudes and just it felt like I was swallowing peanut butter. You know what I mean? Like my heart mm -hmm. was just in my stomach mm -hmm. for 10 hours, yeah. you know, because my mom didn't play that, you know? And I, I knew that it was about to be over for me when I got back to the crib, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that I think that situation kind of shaped, you know, my who I am today. Mm -hmm. And really helped me just turn it around um, because up until that point, I mean, yeah, I was getting good grades in school, but I was just all over the place, man, doing bad things. And Well, you were a product of your environment at that time, right? Like, you yeah. know, it's, you were, you were on your own in a, in a community, in an environment where that was commonplace or that was how you chose to go into survival mode. Right. And like, that's when, like why she put you in football too was to like keep you busy and to keep you from doing certain things that like with certain groups of people that that might um persuade you and was that when you like really went even harder in football and that's when you got committed to it yeah i mean i, I was how do I, how do I even explain this it was like even at that age at 12 years old i was able to compartmentalize you know what mm -hmm. i mean it was like okay i got school here i'm smashing that yeah I got football over here. I'm smashing it, yeah. but I got my boys over here and we out here getting it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I kind of had to um, prioritize what was important. And at that time, I didn't know how to. Yeah. Right. And that moment, you know, helped me along the way and, and you know, how I go about my daily life now. And, uh, you know, like I always tell you, I, I live my life like I'm on a one day contract. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I can't give the best that I have at whatever it is that I'm doing in that day, I can't renew my contract for the next day. Yeah. You know, every day is a fresh and new start. I uh, can't be held back, you know, about what happened yesterday or the day before or the week before. Mm -hmm. Life is too short. And so living in the moment is very important. Yeah. And that's something that I had to learn at a very young age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely did. That was a wake up call for sure. Well, it's good thing that that changed the trajectory of your of your life, if that's what you attribute it to. I mean, definitely full full transformation after that and like on track. And, you know, I think I know you've told me stories, even how there was players on your team that that didn't change their you know their what they did off the field they didn't change the way that they walked and what they did and had had gang members coming to the games to like mess with them after the game like as soon as they left the field right yeah i mean you got to think about it you know when you're it, it's tough to paint you know a picture of where long beach probably is mm -hmm. you know and kind of for the people listening in to the podcast mm -hmm. if you know, there, there is, you know, school is secondary over there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
and it's so many different um, obstacles that you're like dodging and trying to not get involved with mm -hmm. that it, that it takes you know the mental aptitude to kind of stay focused you know what what I've learned is is you got to be true to who you are you know stop trying to please people to be someone else you know it's better to just be an original version of yourself rather than a duplicate of someone else, mm -hmm. right? And when you're out there hanging with friends, you know, obviously all you guys want to do the same stuff, yeah. You know, and you know, you you gain you gain street cred by by doing who could do the worst shit. You know, that's just that's just how I was. I don't know, man. I I just felt like it, at that moment it was just like, yo, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like I like I want to move my mom out the hood. I want to play ball. I know that I want to be a student. And, and be the best that I can be and and maximize uh, my time while I have it. Right. You know, uh, life is short, man. Yeah. And to go through that experience and, and deal with like, you know, adult stuff at that time kind of accelerated uh, my path and, and uh, just how I view life. You know, my, my worldview is not limited because of it. Absolutely. And it's just so interesting, you know, to to go back there. And even when I hear you sharing parts of the story now, because when we met at UCLA, the reason why we connected was because you were actually one of the football players that attended class. Like you took school seriously. You were there taking notes. And, you know, um, the basketball team, like my team and the football team was were pretty close because we had study hall around the same time, tutoring around the same time. We had dining hall. I think we were even in, in the weight room at the same time because we we worked out with your coach right after you guys finished up. So we became right. close in that way, but it really was because you were in class all the time. You know, you were always there. And so I yeah. know you as like your thirst for knowledge and being a student as well as being, you know, superstar. Honestly, I didn't even know how how good of a player you were when we first met, like, because, uh, right. you know, I came in as a freshman and you were already a sophomore. So I just thought, you know, you were in my class. Right. It's always interesting to hear when you talk be how, how it, things were before and how, you know, you really buckled down, I guess, on what was important and like education and, and training and football. Yeah. I mean, well, you hit it right on the nose. I think that being able to manage your time and manage your energy mm -hmm. uh, and what that means. Right. So, you know, managing your time, uh, like an example would be like uh, managing my time would be being at class on time. Mm -hmm. Managing my energy would be being engaged mm -hmm. in class on time, mm -hmm. you know? And so being able to decipher between the two and make sure that I'm focusing on the main thing and keeping the main thing, the main thing, you know, it helped me out. I mean, I, I give myself positive self-talk all the time. People don't know that yeah. because it's not, you know, it's not like I'm just like talking out loud, but in my mind, I'm just, you know, let me focus on what I want first before I focus about focus on how to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's figure out what it is that I want. And then we can focus on, you know, how to get it. Right. And, you know, at that time, it was just like, I was always telling myself, like, anything is possible as long as I set my mind, my heart, and my soul to it. Mm -hmm. Can't nobody keep me from it, mm -hmm. right? So being engaged and always having just a a, a thirst to be better mm -hmm. and figuring out, you know, how to be better, how to lead from the front, and just do things different. You know, I, I was the first one to graduate high school, uh, my family. Uh, and obviously, you know me for going back to college now because yeah. I couldn't finish, right. got drafted. You know, and so I'll be doing that too. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just all a blessing and being able to create my own opportunities. You, you have to 
take the time out to reflect on, you know, what it is that you're grateful for, Mm -hmm. you know, and and what life could have been like. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do almost every day. Um, Even when I meditate, that's how I start off. You know, what am I grateful for? Yeah. You know, and that normally takes a good 10 minutes of meditation, solid meditation, Mm -hmm. and just being thankful and grateful that I'm able to be in this position on this platform to be able to uh, inspire others. And, you know, I, I accept it. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. A bunch of things that you brought up, but j- just this last part about meditation, because, you know, mental health is so important. We talk about it all the time. And just as you said, managing your energy and having that focus, clearing your intentions, you know, starting with gratitude. How do you meditate? Like, I feel like people still have trouble getting into that zone because. I mean, there may not be one way. It may not look the same for everyone. Yeah, it's definitely not the same for everybody. But I think the underlying assumption that, like, when you meditate, I, I think people, like, I've had people tell me, "Man, it, it's I, I can't focus." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard to it's hard to focus. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for me, obviously, it started out that way. But you got to have a hundred percent buy-in. You know, and when you do it, you have to have intention. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, for me, you know, I, I live my life very, like, just consciously, like each day, mm-hmm. you know, I don't sleepwalk through life. You know what I mean? So when I meditate, yeah, it's, it's real. I, I meditate and manifest things that I want to come uh, to fruition. Mm-hmm. Your life is something to be experienced and not coasted through. Mm-hmm. I try my best to just live the best life that I can and be a positive force for those that I come in contact with and also maintain my energy and not be drained by others that don't, don't understand the level that I'm on. Yeah. You know, I maintain my energy. I don't, I don't go down to a level that I shouldn't. Yeah. And so by doing that, I'm able to keep my peace. Mm-hmm. I protect it. I protect my energy. I have very few friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm happy with my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, they inspire me. We have intelligent conversations. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Every time you come <laughs> in my house, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we don't talk about stuff that, you know, won't be an asset to life. Right. You know, there's time, there's time for that, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, most of our conversations are, are very uplifting and very high in, high in energy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've become committed to my growth and, you know, I, I, I self-reflect, I build on my strengths, whatever my weaknesses are, we work on those too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been a blessing. Yeah, it's it's so funny when I'm, I'm just smiling because of the energy that you, that you talk about and just like how I can feel it and how, you know, vibrations are real in the sense of you didn't know what we'd be talking about today. Like you didn't really know. Nah, yeah, you know I just <laughs> wanted to have you on here. And literally you're going to my next question and you're going to my next question because I still wanted to have some kind of framework because as you said, we could talk about anything and everything for at length. So I thought, okay, for this, I need to have some kind of framework that we can kind of go through. And you just, 
are whizzing through my, my list right now. <laughs> hey, the next thing says can, we, big we, on energy. The next thing says uh, about yeah. how, you know, those those parties that you would have, as you described, yeah. people would come over or friends, uh, friends would, other friends would come over and, you know, sometimes you would allow them to bring guests or, you know, extend the circle for a party or for a get together. And I, 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 more often than not, so many of them would be so surprised at the type of party they were going to because they would leave learning something and they would be so yeah like coming for a crazy night out and then they would leave learning something so yeah no i think that's the the best part about it right you go in expecting one thing and then obviously if you haven't met me you see me expecting something else mm -hmm. and then as soon as i open my mouth you're like Okay, <laughs> let me take a seat. <laughs> let me pull up a seat and see what I could bring to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that type of thing. And they leave wanting that energy again, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for all the right reasons. And uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's something that comes natural. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it takes. It takes failing and going through experiences and wanting to be better. Yeah, that's that was just so funny to me because seriously, so many times I've seen firsthand when, like you said, the expectations. People think, oh, I'm going to an NFL player's house on a Friday and, you know, oh, look at who it is, Mercedes Lewis, and look how he looks and whatever they may think. And they come in, right. I don't know, I guess thinking they're going to get trashed or I don't know what <laughs> really they think. And, um, yeah, we're always just like vibing, listening to music, having good conversations and literally they will pull up a chair to the table and, and uh, you could see them thinking like oh what 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 do i bring to this like what do i bring right. to this conversation so right it's it's pretty cool to see and uh i obviously definitely value our friendship and have seen how you express love to your friends you know both both male and female friends and like you're okay with with telling us and telling them, telling all your friends that you love them. And I, I don't think that a lot of people get that because what I've learned is that a lot of people don't love themselves. So if they don't love themselves, then it's harder for them to realize how someone can give love to another person. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. And I think, I think right before that, it, it it starts with like knowing your inner self, mm -hmm. right? And and when I say that, it just it just means like, you know, knowing who you are and what you represent, and be clear of your personal identity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and once you know that, I'm very, I'm very clear on who I am. I'm very confident in who I am and what I bring to a friendship or a relationship. Mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I don't. I don't mind shedding light and showing love because that's that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it sounds so simple the way you say that, but a lot of people, they just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't get it, and you know, it it goes back to again, even the manifestation, the vibrations, as you said. Just backtracking a little bit because it's just I feel like a interesting story is that 
you know, I wanted to be in sports at this intersection between sports and business since I could remember, right? And uh, I I already know what you're about to say. (laughs) And we've had conversations where I told you that I I was going to be your agent. Like, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. we were going to continue to be friends and I would be your agent. And uh, I just think it's... Yeah, and this was like like my junior year. Yeah, exactly, because... I, I could just see how people were coming at you and, you know, just wanted to, in a sense, like work with you, but also protect you um, along with like some of my other friends uh, that ended up going to the WNBA. Like I had the same feeling like, oh, this could be my, my lane. This is where I could definitely add value to the, to the relationship. And um, it's just funny how it's come full circle to now, we are in business together. I'm not your agent, although I, I would have loved to take that commission, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, man, that's a, that's a great story. And I think, you know, I, I'm only, let's see, we got Steve, Will, Soph, you, you know what I mean? It's only four people that, you know, from college that I really am really close with right now, mm-hmm. you know? But I think one thing we all have in common is that, uh, we live in alignment with our purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to do that, um, you know, you, you have to be dialed in. You got to be tapped in with uh, what it is that you want to the, the world to, to feel, mm-hmm. you know. And so whenever I come in contact with somebody, they feel my texture right away. You know what I mean? Like it's no it's no. It's nothing to think about. Right. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you meet me, you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're a little different this is what I'm getting right. and I'm that way every day. I don't change, you know, whether something is going, something happened bad in my life or something happened, happened great in my life. I'm always in my zone and always even kill and giving out the best energy that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you get back what you give out. Right. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a great journey so far. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And you definitely, give more than just your energy you give your effort right i mean we haven't even talked about like all that you do on the field but just you know people can look look that up by just watching a game you know they can see you play after play they can see the fact that you've been in the league for 15 years now they can look up your stats so i'll save that for anyone listening to go do that and empower themselves by looking you up um, I'll talk more about what you do in the off season to prepare for that is that you pride yourself on giving everything your 120% on anything that you do. So if you're deciding you want to, you know, hoop in the off season, you want to play basketball, you're going to work at it and we're not going to leave the gym until you master a certain move. And it's not even, it's not even that you do the move right. And you make the shot. It's like you master it. So it's game ready. And like, you're not content unless you do that. And just even how you train for UFC, like people have talked about, you're ready for a 10 day contract in the NBA. You're ready to go fight in a UFC fight. Like <laughs> it's how you prepare, right? How do you, how do you channel that? How are you able yeah. to give that? I, I think, it, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about just, you know, managing your time and, and, and being able to manage your energy uh, and be, completely immersed in whatever it is that you're doing at that time because mm-hmm. it's like okay if i'm on a court for two hours this is where i'm at 
You know what I mean? Like what what else what else is there to do? I'm here. I might as well give it my all. Right. You know, I might as well just leave it out there and be focused and, and, and tapped into, you know, for one, you know, your God given ability. But then for me, obviously, I'm just a competitor, man. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to be the best at, um, you know, whatever I'm doing. And for those out there that, you know, struggle with that, uh, I think one thing you need to, you know, ask yourself is, is, you know, what can you start doing immediately that will let you live 100% in alignment with your purpose? How can you live true to your purpose within every situation that you're in? Mm. You know, I think those two questions if you can just write that down and put it on your wall and every single day touch it mm -hmm. and 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 understand you know what that what that means to you because it's going to be different for everybody else mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's about applying yourself uh to be the best that you can right and uh for me i'm always thinking about you know what i represent mm -hmm. and what I want people to feel mm -hmm. when I'm in front of them, when they hear about me, what is the energy that I want to put out there in the world when I wake up every morning? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it like that, it's easy, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's easy. You just have to take the time to do it and, you know, just really take the time to do it and, and, and think about how good you're going to feel afterwards once you complete that day. Mm -hmm. That's amazing advice. Um, I appreciate you sharing. I mean, honestly, back to those get togethers and w whenever we'd be even just hanging out casually with other friends, there'd be times when I'd pull out my phone and open up my notes and jot something down that you said, just like dropping knowledge, spreading, you know, Man, spreading the knowledge. Dropping them nuggets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just dropping that knowledge, which it's actually interesting to me because I recently was talking to someone and they said that people hoard information like they don't want to share it or they're fearful of sharing and to me it was so interesting when they said that because that those people are not me those people are definitely not you you know we're definitely givers of of information we definitely want to share information with one another but I mean I guess that's that's how some people think that's interesting I feel like even just when you said that mm -hmm it made me feel a way because it's like, you know, if, if you're one of those people, I feel like that's, that, that turns into bad energy, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not releasing that and, you know, being a vessel for, for good, right? you know, for, for the good and, and to help those, you know, around you. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a quick little story. Mm -hmm. So I was in, you know, obviously got drafted in 2006 to Jacksonville and I think it was around my third or fourth year by this time, you know, I had become a really good player in the league uh, by by my third year. And I remember we were practicing one day and my head coach was like, yo, Sadie's, come here. Like, this is after practice. He's like, Sadie's, come here. I was like, what's up? He was like, you had a great practice today. I was like, I appreciate that, coach. He was like, "You, I mean, you have good practices every day, but today was a great practice. And I was like, thank you. He was like, but you know what I need you to work on? I was like, what's that? He was like, being a better leader. Mm. And I was like, huh? It's like, what, what are you talking about? I, I, I try to lead by example. What do you mean? He was like, I understand that. But you have this thing down. You, you have teammates that are trying to figure it out. 
So be a leader that's doing everything the right way and taking a couple with you. Mm. And then hopefully that'll spread through the rest of the team. And so that conversation changed my life. Yeah. You know, and mind you, I was what, 23 mm -hmm. at that time in my third year. Not really, I, I'm still trying to like make sure that I'm doing everything right and that I'm accountable. And when you turn on a film, you know where 89 is going to be, you know what he's <laughs> going to be doing, you know, you can count on him. The consistency is what they want, right. right? And in life, it's about consistency. It's not perfection. They're not. They're not asking you to be perfect. Right. You know, they 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 want consistency. Every every Sunday when you go out there, those guys are getting paid too, mm -hmm. right? So everything is not always going to be perfect. But if you can be consistent at whatever it is that you're doing, your technique, how you lead, it's going to spread throughout the team. It's going to spread throughout the, the organization. And then here I am 15 years later, still doing the same thing, Jeez. right? And that's just taking taking it one day, one moment at a time, mm -hmm. right? I often get asked about retirement. Do you look forward to retirement, la, la, la? I'm like, I'm not there yet, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Mentally, I'm not there yet. Physically, I'm not there yet. Obviously, I acknowledge it. It, it comes into my mind. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously a little older in the tooth as far as, in my profession, but when the universe says it's time, then it'll be time. But right now, it's not time for that. So I don't, I don't think about that, and, and I and I try to transmute that energy mm -hmm. into positive uh, reinforcement into whatever it is that I'm doing right now in this moment, mm -hmm. like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so perfectly said. Obviously, then everything that you've said has contributed to you being in the league for 15 years now, you know, and the reason why I keep bringing that up is because it's what, what we constantly hear, you know, you make a great play. Mercedes Lewis, 36 years old and like 15 years in the league. And it's like, okay, yes, but they're not looking at it from the same mindset that you are, that you just said right now. It's about your mentality. It's about you giving everything, you know, in preparation for it and in the moment. And just remind me, what is the league average career span? So we can bring some perspective of why it, why this is just so crazy to most people that you're still in the league. Uh, like two to three years, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> two to three years, and that's like <clears throat> if you get drafted, you know? Jeez. I mean, if you don't get drafted and you're a free agent, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it can be – months it could be a day you could you could sign and then the coach not like what he see and just cut you like football is the most cutthroat business out there performance based cutthroat like it's so cutthroat that like i don't even learn names in camp until the season starts oh my gosh that is the real you know, like, that's probably the realest thing out of everything even you said right now <laughs> yeah like i, I don't I don't even, it's hard to even be in that mode where you're like making friends with guys that you don't even know there's going to be here tomorrow. Wow. You know, and camp, camp is all about weeding out the ones that aren't going to be there, Yeah. you know? And so being able to let go of attachments, mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that, you know, I, I've tried to master mm -hmm. just, you know, in my life in general and not be fixated with achieving a certain status fame, wealth, or material possessions, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and when, when you can do that, you could just focus on growing and living a life that 
you feel fulfilled at the end of the day. Right. Right. So yeah. Oof. Absolutely. That, that man. <laughs> well, having said all of that, what is it like then playing with the best in the world at what they do on a daily basis? Because just like you said, it's cutthroat. So you've been the best and continue to be the best year after year in your position and in the league. And each year, whether they've been in the league for a year, two years, three years, or however, one month, they're the best at that moment, right? So they're the best of the best. How is it playing against that? It's just iron sharp as iron, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, um, you have a genuine appreciation for where you are and what you're doing and knowing that, okay, this guy is working just as hard. And normally the guys that don't work just as hard weed themselves out, mm-hmm. you know? So the ones that end up being there and having that staying power in the league is just like a different level of respect because you know what it takes to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to get drafted where they're, they're drafting you based on potential and what you've done in college. And then there's another thing to stay in the league because of what you've done in the league, mm-hmm. you know? And in the NFL, it's, it's like, nobody cares about what you did last week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got to bring that shit every day. Yeah. In meetings, around the building, in practice, in games, like every single day, you have to be the best version of yourself. And I've been able to thrive because of the pressure that I put on myself, Mm. right? Like I put more pressure on myself to do well and not embarrass my family than a coach or organization could ever put on me. Mm -hmm. And so I have no anxiety or uh, fear when I step onto the field. I'm very much prepared and I leave all the the fears of not doing well to the unprepared. You know, I don't have, you know, I don't have that in me. And so I'm able to just go out there and do what I train to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell my position coach, yo, Monday through Saturday is yours. Mm-hmm. Sunday is mine. Hey. Let me roll. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yep. And you even, That's vi- your boy. <laughs> you even visualize, you just made me think how you told me before that you visualize the mistakes. Because I would talk about like, oh, when I was playing basketball, I'd visualize making, you know, I would visualize making, you know, a basket, seeing the ball go through the net. But you even would say that you would visualize mistakes. Yeah. Oh, you remember that was, we had that conversation a while back. Yeah. So here's the thing. You always want to envision success, right? Like that's, I feel like if you're a competitor, that's normal, Mm -hmm. right? You want to visualize yourself doing well. And which I do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also envision things that, you know, may not go well. So that if something doesn't go right as planned, I'm able to adjust and adapt on the spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not in shock or I'm not, you know, like, oh my God, like now I'm panicking. Right. And now I'm getting beat by a guy that I shouldn't be getting beat by. Yeah. Right. So when you can have a healthy balance of, you know, knowing that you are human, those guys on the other side are getting paid too. Mm-hmm. So if this happened, what is your counter? Right. Okay. Well, now if that happens, now you have to have another counter. And so I just try to, I try to, you know, make it so that 
it's, it's two things. There's there's adversity and then there's prosperity, mm-hmm. right? I treat both imposters the same, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not getting too high when I do a good play and too low when it's a not so good play, mm-hmm. right? You get too high, you'll get beat the next play. You get too low, you may not come out of that slump. Mm-hmm. So you want to you wanna try to be as even killed as possible um, and do what you've been trained to do. And whenever you kind of fall back on your training, you normally right there in the pocket mm-hmm. and you're not worried about, you know, doing things that may not come out well because you've envisioned it. You have, you have a plan and you execute the plan. Right. Good or bad. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a, a good nugget for not just football, but for life, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, when you walk out the house, there's liable to be some adversity. How are you going to deal with that? Right. You know, and then when something does happen that's good or in your favor, be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, be humble. Show love. Mm-hmm. Put good energy out. Be thankful. Be grateful. So those type of things become repetitive and, and become things that always happen. Yep. Absolutely. Well, typically, I I end with five quick fire questions, but... I, I'd rather do something different with you today and just talk about a little from what you just said, just we'll talk a little bit about today and being, you know, this is playing with the Packers after having played most of your career with the Jacksonville Jaguars and that transition seeming to be just seamless, you know, it just really was a seamless transition for you. And that was because of how you chose to take on these new responsibilities and to take on your role with this new team and to not dwell in the past or as you said, not to think about what could have happened or what should have happened or what you would have wanted to happen and how you were able to transition into being on this team and to be such, have such a prominent role uh, having come off a game scoring that you scored a touchdown in and also from having all your teammates talk about you as being like really uh, an inspiration, a motivator, and this new nickname as Big Dog. So just tell me a little bit about the season and the experience, the transition, how much fun you're having, you know, tell us about it. Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, you know, just very grateful. And I think it starts off with that. You know, waking up in the morning and being uh, proud of the work that I've done to be in this position, um, but also look forward to the work that I'm going to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to wake up, go to work, be, you know, happy walking into the building. Um, you know, it's a lot of good energy uh, in the building and, you know, that's where it starts. Um, but it, it's been it's been amazing, man. Like it is, I don't know, like I, we could be here all day talking about it, but it, it's, um, you know, obviously at my age, it being in my 15th year, it's, it's about being thankful and grateful. Mm-hmm. And it keeps me humble. It keeps me grounded. I'm able to pass it down. Um, and mind you, everything that I'm mentioning is not even about actual ball. It's just, it's just life. And, and once your world is in order, mm-hmm. so to speak, in that way, 
you can go out there and be you on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I've been doing since I was eight years old. You know, but this thing that we call life, that every single day you're trying to find balance mm -hmm. and, it, and it's always a constant grind to find that balance. You know, that's what keeps me going and wanting to be better and just, I'd rather, I'd rather just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, the football part of it, great, love it. Mm -hmm. But being around, you know, the coaches that I'm able to be around, uh, my teammates that respect me, love me and push me to be better than I was the day before, mm -hmm. It is is enough for me. Yeah. So I'd rather just leave it at that. Hey, I love it. Well, thank you, Sadie, so much for being on the show and being real with us. I hope that you find continue to find peace on your journey. And thank you for sharing part of it with us today. I love you, Sadie. You too, man. I had a lot of fun. Um, I mean, this is just our normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> it, it really it really was nothing but it was a great time and uh i'll holler at you tomorrow well that's it for today i hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so that you can be the first one to hear new episodes dropping every thursday and in order for real shit with Shayna to continue spreading love through these diverse voices please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends for a limited time Everyone that leaves a review will receive 50% off orders of Tumi water, turmeric for the mind, body, and soul, available at drinktumi.com. Check the show notes for more details. It's been real.